0: Welcome to the Launch with Flow podcast, a weekly show for purpose driven women who are ready to embrace a feminine approach to launching. We'll be chatting all things cycle awareness and using your intuitive superpowers combined with the more practical aspects of launching like systems, workflows, planning, and tech. I'm your host, Laura from Laura in Order, systems queen, cycle awareness coach, and lover of launches. My mission is to show you that launching can be fun and easy. That you can do it in a way that is right for you and feel inspired, organized, calm, and in control. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Launch With Flow podcast. Today I am chatting with my friend and podcasting mentor, Alan Ronalds-King you don't know Ellen, she's an educator, a coach, a podcaster, and a podcast producer who works from home on Geibel Country, also known as Toowoomba in Queensland, Australia. Ellen spent a decade as a teacher before making the shift into the online business world, which is how we connected a few years ago. She's followed her passions for education, online communication, and health, and now splits her time between her two businesses, her teacher well-being support business Self-Care for Teachers, and her podcast production agency, Perk Digital. Alan was instrumental in supporting me and guiding me in getting the Launch With Flow podcast up and running. In this episode, one of the things we talked about was the concept of pod fade. That's when someone starts a podcast and they're all excited and they've got lots of momentum, and then over time, it slowly fades away. Now, one of the things that Alan taught me is that there are certain milestones that you reach in your journey as a podcaster that mean that you're more likely to continue. The first milestone is episode seven. That second milestone is episode 25, which is, of course, today's episode. So it felt only fit that today I was able to bring Ellen onto the show to talk all about how you can use a podcast in your business, whether that's running your own podcast or guesting on other people's podcasts. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Ellen, welcome to the Launch With Flow podcast. Oh,
1: thank you for having me, Laura. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Me too. This is going to be a really cool, really cool conversation because working with you to get this podcast up and running has been not only really insightful and a really cool journey to go on, but seeing how it has changed my business model and being able to support the other things I'm doing in my business is really cool. And so I'm really excited to share your insights and your wisdom with everyone. Oh, thank
1: you. It was such a pleasure to work together. And I'm so pleased that your podcast is out in the world, making a difference.
0: So, I know that you've been in and around the podcasting world for a little while now. How did you first start with with podcasting?
1: Yeah, so I I have I have been in and around the podcasting world for a long time. I was a really early adopter of listening to podcasts back in about 2008. Um back before most people knew what they were, and I've sort of just was a, a podcast addict as a listener for about 10 years. <laughs> um and then in 2015 or 2016, I think was the first time I, I got behind the mic as a guest on one of the podcasts that I listened to. They would sort of put a call out and said, we'd like to interview some listeners. And I said, I put my hand up for that. So that was my first little experience, just kind of dipping my toe in the podcasting waters. But then in late 2016, I was wrapping up my teaching job. I used to be a high school teacher and transitioning to work for myself. And so I, I run two businesses We'll get to that probably. And I decided that a podcast—I would really love to, to start a podcast as part of my teacher well-being business. So that's called Self Care for Teachers, is the business, and the, the podcast is called Teacher Well Being. And I launched it in February 2017. So that's coming up on four and a half, nearly five years now. Wow! <laughs> um, and uh, it's in just about to go into its ninth season. That podcast and still going strong and it's it's just an integral part of my work in the teacher wellbeing space. So yeah, that's how I got started as a podcaster myself. And then one thing led to another, and I accidentally started a podcast
0: production agency. <laughs> so yes, the podcast addiction is definitely running strong in you, I can see. Yes, yes. Well, I, I also was a
1: I was a high school music teacher. So audio is, I think, just in my blood. And yeah, the, the podcasting, because it was such a a medium that I enjoyed so much as a listener, I knew that I wanted to incorporate that in my work. And yeah, after I started my podcast, Teacher Wellbeing, people started asking me, how did you do that? Oh, that looks cool. Can you help me? Can you help me do that too? And um, I, so I sort of started doing a little bit of freelance work as like a, a podcast editor and, and podcast virtual assistant for just a handful of people initially, kind of took off and that's where Perk Digital was born and Perk Digital is my podcast production agency. The Perk stands for Podcasts by Ellen Ronalds Keane. So that's where that comes from.
0: Yeah, 4 years into that, it's uh, also still going strong. So, I guess I already know the answer to my next question because obviously, you know, you've had a very successful few almost 5 years in the podcasting world. It does feel a little bit like with 2020 and 2021 as well, you know, everyone's got a little bit more time on their hands. It's almost as if every second person started their own podcast in yeah. 2020. So is podcasting here to stay or is it a little bit of a fad? Look,
1: I think there's definitely been a bit of a boom in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months since basically since everyone started locking down with the with the early stages of the pandemic there was definitely a boom in in people starting their own podcasts uh, you know in 2020 so that we definitely saw a spike and also i think we saw a you know we've really seen a maturing of the podcasting industry over the last couple of years that prepped for that boom to be able to happen at the time that it did so like i said i've been listening to podcasts since about 2008 they've really been out and around since about 2005 but very you know it was pretty niche for a long time. And over the last, I would say five or six years, podcasts have really started to become more mainstream as there's been a lot more ease of access for people. You know, it was initially very much dominated by Apple. So if you didn't have an iPhone, it was a bit hard to listen to podcasts, you know, back in those early days. Whereas now, you know, we've seen Google enter the podcasting space, Spotify enter the podcasting space. Spotify in particular has really been you know, su- supporting podcast listening to the ease of listening for people. So as that's happened over the last few years and podcasts have got more mainstream and like you don't really need, usually I don't really need to explain what a podcast is to people anymore because they mostly know what it is. I think that what then happened was the the world was a bit primed for the podcasting boom then that we saw in 2020. So it's definitely here to stay, but I do think I do think there has been
0: some fad elements to it in the last 12 months or so. Yes, it would be interesting to see the stats, wouldn't it, on how many podcasts were created in the last 18 months versus how many are still actually living and breathing and putting out episodes regularly.
1: Absolutely, because pod fade is a real thing. That's when somebody starts a podcast and it goes for a little while and then disappears. <laughs> you know, they stop releasing episodes and and nobody hears from them again. So that is a real thing and it's not uncommon. I don't know the stats off the top of my head as to how many are still podcasting, but there were, I would be willing to bet that it would be a lot that started podcasts in 2020 that are not still going, but then there's, there's plenty that are still going. So, you know, that's, I guess that's life, isn't it?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think sometimes you start things and you think, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a great idea. And then you get into it and you realize there's actually a lot more to it than just, you know, rocking up, recording yourself and then putting it somewhere on the
1: internet. Absolutely and that's a bit of a passion of mine because you know like you I have a real passion for preventing burnout and podcaster burnout is real and I do think a lot of the time it is because people don't necessarily know what they're getting into there's a lot of hype about starting a podcast a lot of marketing out there about easy ways quick quick and simple ways to start a podcast but the thing that I always say to people is it's not starting the podcast that you should be thinking about it's how do you keep it going long term because that's actually what what counts and what what means you're more likely to be able to leverage it, you know, have success with it. And that's also the bit that's hard.
0: <laughs> yes, I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> yes, all of a sudden the, the pressure to put something out every week and come up with content ideas. And then you have those weeks where all of a sudden you feel like you've got no ideas and nothing to say yeah and the pressure really comes absolutely. on absolutely um, that's that's when it gets a bit tricky
1: <laughs> yeah and and there's a lot of moving pieces to to putting a podcast out and you know there's it, it's how long is a piece of string in terms of how how much extra you want to do on top of just creating the audio file that goes out but there's quite a lot of moving pieces and when you're wearing all the hats yourself of the as you say, the content ideation and creation and the recording and then the editing and production and then the, the publishing and the marketing and the promoting, it can get a bit complicated. Um, you can't. There are more simple ways to do it, but, you know, there's still a lot of moving pieces. So that's something that people, I think, need to take into account.
0: Absolutely. And I must say that's one of the things in... Working with you when I got this podcast set up was when we were working through, you very often reminded me, like, let's just start with the basics and then we can do this next thing and then we can do that next thing, which is what I do with my own customers. But sometimes we need to be reminded of, you know, what we teach our own clients. Someone else needs to remind us of that as well. And that, as you said, there are so many things that you could do, but what are the most important things to focus on? exactly what what's the core business of, of podcasting and then what are the things that you
1: know it's a nice to have but it's not a must-have
0: so when it when it comes to being a business owner obviously having a podcast is one way that we can add value for our audience and our communities but what are some of the benefits of having your own podcast when you are in business yeah there's so many and I mean because we, we've just sort of talked
1: about some but not maybe not drawbacks, but just some of the the realities to be aware of when having your own podcast. But it is a really beneficial thing to do if you've got the time and energy and resources to put into. So some of the benefits include just your regular kind of adding value, as you mentioned. So that's a pretty common thing in the online world. If you're going to be marketing yourself, you need to be adding value to the world somehow and and putting some content out. So podcasting is a great opportunity for that approach. And it can also be really good for people who, for whatever reason, maybe they don't feel confident with their writing or they find writing a bit of a slog or they don't want to get their, you know, hair and makeup all on to do video. That's me. Yeah, So podcasting is just a really good option in that regard because you only need your voice. Um, you don't, It doesn't matter what you look like. I personally have recorded podcasts in my pajamas and that's totally okay. Nobody knows. So it's, you know, it's great in that regard. A lot of people find talking much easier than, you know, writing or, or doing the video where they've got it's just a bit more pieces to think about lighting and hair and makeup and all those things. It's also really great because you can do interviews with people. So I I often say podcasting is the best professional networking you will ever ever do because especially if you're in a niche where there's, you know, a, a few big names or people that you might want to be connected with as collaborators, but you are just getting started. If you just rang them up and said, "Hey, I want to be friends. <laughs> can we be business buddies?" They're probably not necessarily going to agree to that. But if you say, hey, would you like to come on to my podcast as a guest, you know, to promote yourself in your work as well and to benefit my audience, people are much more likely to say yes to that because that's a mutually beneficial opportunity. So podcasting is also the best professional networking you will ever do. Uh, So that's something that people often don't think about. It's a great way to build your body of work and to showcase your expertise to your market. It's also a really great way to, as well as adding value to your, you know, your audience, to your community, it's a great way to kind of pre-qualify leads. So what I have found is that the longer I've been podcasting, the more, and, and this isn't just me, this is some of my clients as well. The more the clients that come to me know the way I work, they know my style and they're a much better fit. And oftentimes also like kind of the, some of the basic things that you might want clients to know and understand before they work with you. They already know it because you've covered it on your podcast. So that's really a really handy thing as well. And it's also, the other thing is podcasting has longevity. In a way that social media content doesn't. Um, And that is something that's very, it's hard to quantify, but it's so valuable as a business owner because yes, doing Instagram posts and Facebook lives and that sort of thing is super valuable for your audience, but it's also, I've heard it described as disposable content. You know, it disappears through the feed pretty quickly, whereas people will find your podcast maybe months or years after you've started, if you're still podcasting and still promoting it. And common podcast listener behavior is that they will maybe listen to one or two of the most recent episodes. And if they like it, they'll go all the way back to the beginning and start listening from episode one all the way through in order. And that's really common podcast listener behavior. And it's hard to quantify how, how valuable that touch point is with that potential lead or customer because you're in their ears Often in really, you know, they might be doing fairly mundane things at home, you know, cleaning, changing out cat litter, gardening or exercising, driving. You're in their ears in in for long stretches of time while they're doing something else. But you're actually building such a strong connection with them without you having to do anything extra because you've already re- recorded and released the episode. They're able to access it at a time you know, that suits them on demand. And if you've been podcasting for a while, like in my case, it's eight seasons now, you know, there's over a hundred episodes and that's a lot of time that people are devoting to listening to my content. And it's also something that I can leverage. You know, I've created that content in the past and now I'm still creating new content and I do it on a seasonal basis. But that content that I created back in 2017 is still getting listened to it's still getting downloaded it's still providing value to my audience and that longevity is something that I think we really underestimate in the podcasting space and because an Instagram post or a Facebook post might be super valuable but it, it will disappear it is hard to find you know people are not going back to 2017 to find your Facebook posts
0: <laughs> yes yes I totally agree with that I know for myself when I find someone and I see that they have a podcast, I will go and listen to a few episodes or I'll go back and I will literally just binge a whole bunch of episodes. And I see it too in my, my stats for my podcast. I can see, you know, every couple of weeks you'll see someone's gone back and they've listened, you know, from episode one and some of those earlier mm. episodes will start popping up with one or two listens in the stats again. So it's, it's really fascinating yeah. um, that it's quite a different how we consume podcasts as a way of consuming information compared to, as you said, social yeah. media um, and any other kind of content that people put out for their business. So that longevity is important.
1: It really is. And then just that connection, you know, that know, like, and trust factor that you, that is built with your audience by you being in their ears, your voice in their ears, because that, that power of the human voice to build connection it means that people really start to know like and trust you quite quickly like you said you know you if there's someone that you find that you like and they've got a podcast you go and listen to a lot of it and by the end of a couple of episodes you might have spent an hour or two with them you know you feel like you're best friends i know there's uh, you know there's times when i've turned to my husband to say oh so and so told me and then i'm like oh no they didn't i don't even know that person i heard it on their podcast
0: <laughs> yes it's so true you do feel like you've built a relationship with this person who has Absolutely no idea who you are. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. It's, it's so interesting as a medium compared to other ways that we can create content and promote our businesses compared to you know social media, email marketing, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's, yeah it's a different approach. It is. But as you said, it's that, it's that adding value and that longevity of things that you created a year your case, you know, four or five years ago that people are still going back, still can get value from that, still can get to know you and then, you know, potentially go on that journey to becoming a client. So I love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can still, you can, like podcasts are also great for repurposing into social media content, your email newsletter content, you know, they're, they're fantastic as that base, that then you can totally spin it off into all the other platforms that we have to show up on as
0: well. 100%. (laughs) You've got to, yes, reuse, recycle, repurpose as much as you can. 100% agree with that. So when it comes to, for example, launching, we talk about a lot about launching on this podcast or promoting your business or even just leveraging, you know, your podcast to promote your business and bring in clients. What are some of the ways that people can use a podcast to do that?
1: Yeah. So I think there's two approaches. Number one is the real evergreen content that's going to be driving people to your core offers that don't change very often. And then there's, of course, the more timely kind of content that might might be related to a specific launch timeframe. And so I think you want to have a mix of both because it's important you know, to remember that not everyone listening to your podcast will be listening the week that it goes live but also that there will be a a proportion of your listeners that do listen immediately when that podcast episode is released. So you are absolutely able to reach people in that really timely manner and to build hype for your launches, to build anticipation. It's a really good idea uh, when it comes to launches to have a bit of a pre-launch plan, just like you would with your other pre-launch content, but you might have three or four podcast episodes in the lead up to that launch That that is building the anticipation that is maybe, you know, covering those sorts of topics that you want people to understand before, that, before they get to the launch. So maybe common mistakes that people make that your launch of your product or service is going to help solve problems that they might be coming up on that, again, your your product or your service that you're launching will help solve. So it's a great idea to have some of that timely content in a bit of a pre-launch sequence for when you are launching a product or a service. And then you want to balance that out in your non-launch times with just general great evergreen content that, that will be linking to your, your core offers, your evergreen products and services as well, but that is also providing that value for people to keep coming back in, in between those, you know, those launch
0: times where you might be promoting a little bit more heavily. Absolutely. Give a lot of value, give people that information and the insight and build that relationship so that when you become, when you move into that launch phase, they're primed, yeah. they're ready. If it's right for them, they're ready to buy. They've already, um, as you said earlier on, they've already worked through that content. So they've almost worked out whether it's yeah, right exactly. for them or not. Um, and whether it's the right next step for them. Sorry.
1: Yeah, and it is a, a different experience when you start getting those customers coming through who have already pre-qualified themselves. You know, it's a totally different experience as the business owner. Number one, you don't have to do the the pushy, icky sales techniques because the, the people are, uh, as you said, primed. They're ready. They've decided that you're the right fit for them already. And, you know, it is, I think, a much more rewarding experience on both ends.
0: Yes, 100%. I know for myself personally, you know, when I I binged a a new podcast that I found within the space of a few episodes, I've pretty much always worked out if I want to work with this person at some point in time, or I want to, you know, get their course when it next becomes available or something like that. So it can be really, really powerful. As you said, you know, going back to that longevity, it might not be that they're launching right now. But I've already decided, oh, when this next becomes available, I'm in, I'm be yeah. ready, ready to take that next step. So
1: yeah, exactly. And, but one thing to remember is that people listening to podcasts are usually doing something else with their hands. So the click through rates that you might expect from a Facebook post or, a, you know, an email where people can just click away straight away, it's not quite that straightforward with podcasts. So that's the other reason that you want to be including a call to action in those, you know, in those evergreen times, in those non-launch phases, you do want to try and be converting people over across to your email list or to connect with you on social media so that you do, you can still reach them in a way where they can click away straight away. You can definitely put links into the description of podcast episodes and people can click through. It's just if they're driving or if they've got their hands in, you know, dirty dishwater while they're doing the washing up, they're less likely to be able to click straight away. So it's it's good to think about that and just keep that in mind it doesn't mean that they won't click because you and I both have had that experience where we've decided oh this person I want to work with and next time they launch you know like I'm there I mean I'm going to be paying attention but it is something just to keep in mind that it's a it's a slightly different user experience so you do need to be thinking about the other ways you can connect with them as well. So what about
0: if you Don't want to have your own podcast. It's not part of your strategy or not something that you have the time and energy to devote to right now. But you potentially want to become a guest on other people's podcasts so that when you are launching, you can leverage getting in front of other people's audiences for your launch promos.
1: Yes, and that's a great strategy. And that's one of the things I always say to people. You don't have to start your own podcast to benefit from podcasts. Because there are so many podcasts out there now that do have, you know, interviews on, not every podcast has guests on their podcast. Sometimes they're solo shows or with co-hosts and they never have guests, but there's lots and lots and lots of shows that have guests. And as a podcast host myself, and you would know this too, piece you said earlier about coming up with the content week after week, having guests on my show or your show is really beneficial to me as well, because the guest provides the content. And also, you know, usually you can, you want to get guests who, can provide some expertise that's a little bit different. It's aligned, but it's not the same as mine. So um, as a podcast host, getting, you know, excellent guests is really valuable to me. And I, I want to be able to serve my audience in that way as well. And so as a business owner, as a professional, or you know, industry leader, podcast guesting is a fantastic strategy, especially if you don't have the time or the energy or the resources or just the inclination to start your own show. And you get almost all of the benefits without having to do most of the work. Obviously, you only get a one-off opportunity. It's not that kind of regular every single week kind of thing that you get as the host of the podcast, but you still build that know, like, and trust factor really, really powerfully. You can still add lots of value to that audience and have them thinking, oh, this is a person I want to be working with, or this person has the solution to my problem. I need to go and you know buy their course, do their coaching, take buy their product. So you can still get a lot of those benefits, even if it's not your own show and you're you're actually coming on as a guest. And the other thing about guesting is that you can actually guest on multiple people's podcasts, so you get exposure to lots of different audiences, which is actually expanding your reach probably a lot further than if you're the host of the podcast and you just have the one audience. So there's another kind of side benefit that you only get from guesting, which is also often overlooked, I think.
0: Yes. And my my first experience of podcasting was actually being interviewed on a couple of podcasts. So I I would totally agree with that. It was a really fun experience and got to connect with other people who are in I guess we have a similar niche, but complementary different services. And I've had a lot of people from those interviews come find me on Instagram, send me a message saying, oh, I found you on this podcast. I really loved the interview. So yes, absolutely. Guesting is, is a great way to go. Yeah. And it's a great
1: way to dip your toe in the water if you're thinking about podcasting, but you're not really sure. Have a few goes at being a guest and get behind the mic and see what it's like before you
0: commit to starting the show yourself as well. So when it comes to being a guest on other people's podcasts, is that something that we should be actively going out and pitching to people or should we wait for people to invite us? What is the etiquette there? Yeah, look, I think it's a bit of both. Obviously, most podcast hosts will
1: be doing a bit of outreach themselves as, as, as they will be keeping in mind certain people that they might like to have as guests on their show and reaching out to them. But definitely pitching is a great option. I'm pretty passionate about, you know, effective pitching and like doing your research before you pitch because, my goodness, I have received some terrible pitches from over the years and, you know, it's gotten to the point now where I just don't even reply because sometimes sometimes I reply and say, mm, I don't think this is the right fit. You've clearly done no research into what I actually do on my podcast. Uh, but I'm pretty passionate about making sure that you do a bit of research, make sure that it's aligned that the, you know, especially if it's a person that you don't know, I would listen to the show for a bit first to see if you're like, ah oh, just feel out the vibe and making sure that they are aligned with your values. Cause that's really important too, because it will have longevity and you don't want to be going on a show that, you know, then maybe 12 months later you think, oh gosh, I wish I wasn't associated with that person. <laughs> so do some research in that regard, but also do your research so that when you reach out to that host, that it's very clear that you are going to be an aligned guest and that you're not, you know, you, you want to approach it with the angle of I want to provide benefit to your audience with the side, you know, side effect for me that, yes, it is promotion for me, but don't come at it from the let me on your show so I can promote, my, promote myself because I'm so great. That's unlikely to get you <laughs> get you very far. So come at it with that service mindset.
0: So if people have been listening to this and they have been maybe thinking about starting their own podcast, but they're not sure where to start, or maybe they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by all of the things that might go Mm. into it, where is the best place to start? Because you and I are both very aligned in the not burning ourselves out, not doing more than we have to, and although there is a lot that goes into a podcast, I was surprised that it's actually pretty easy to get up and running. Yeah, that's right. So the
1: best place to start, I mean, I think you need to be a podcast listener in at least some way before you decide to start a podcast, just so that you understand what the listener experience is like. So the best place to start if you're not already would be listen to the podcast, although you probably are because you're listening to this podcast right now. So that's obviously important. You don't have to be a podcast addict like me, but I think you need to understand what it's like on the other side, you know, of the earbuds for the people listening. So I have a couple of masterclasses that people can come and if they want to learn about guesting on podcasts or how to start a podcast without burning out or going broke, which is, you know, a real passion of mine, I've got a couple of masterclasses that um, I can send you the links for if people want to just go and find out a bit more before they, you know, commit to Either of those strategies, they're very affordable. And that would be, I think, the best place to start. Come and follow me on Instagram at PerkDig, P-E-R-K-D-I-G uh, for Perk Digital, um, And I'm sharing a bit of content there now as well just to find out more. I'm also really happy to answer questions if people want to connect with me on Instagram or via email. Although when this podcast goes to air, I think I'll be just starting my maternity leave. <laughs> so I may be a little slow to reply, but
0: I will get back to you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll make sure that we pop all of those links to all of that in the show notes. And yes, absolutely. As I said at the beginning, I was so grateful to have had your support in getting up and running with this podcast because there is so much that you could Mm. do and it could be very expensive if you think that you need to go and buy all of these really expensive microphones and bits and pieces and do all of these things But I really loved how, you know, we started off very simply and what are the basics and what do we actually need to get up and running? And then what can we over time look to add in or outsource so that someone else can do different parts of the process, you know, to really start to ramp it up and add value. But yes, I really appreciated the the simple approach that meant I could get a podcast up and running pretty quickly and pretty easily without feeling really overwhelmed and exhausted just by the thought of it. Oh,
1: I'm really glad. And because that, you know, that is my passion is I want people to be able to podcast sustainably, not burning out. And also, you know, to be able to distinguish between what what are the must-haves and really the only must-have is, you know, good quality, consistent audio. And, you know, like sound quality needs to be decent and also you need to have decent content. That's that's pretty much the basics. You don't have to have a website. You don't have to have fancy SEO titles. You don't have to have a, you know, thriving huge audience on social media to begin. You know, the real just to differentiate between what's actually necessary and what's all the extra stuff that most of the time the people that are saying, "Oh, you must have this or you must have that," they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> and so, you know, it's usually because it's their product or service that they're trying to promote as well. So, But just keeping in mind that the only thing you really need for a long-term successful podcast is the podcast episodes. All of the other stuff is extra. So get that one plate spinning first before you start trying to spin any other plates as well.
0: Totally agree with you because it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole thinking that you need to do all of these different things when, as you said, you've just got to get the episode out there. That's the most important thing. The rest, the rest is all extra. And it can, and
1: it will come, you know, those other things will come and that's totally fine to add them in later. Yes,
0: absolutely. And that has most definitely been um, my approach as well. And you're still going, right? You didn't, yes. you didn't
1: overwhelm in the first three weeks and then just no, stop because going. it was all too hard. That's, that's the, that's the piece that matters, you know, is, is, is sticking with it if it's something that you want to do long-term and, and podcasting really is a long-term strategy for your business it's it's not you're not likely to get instant results it's something that kind of has that slow burn over time but that means it needs to be sustainable for you and you need to not burn out
0: yes oh we are so in alignment with that Well, Ellen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was really interesting to chat with you. I know since I've launched the podcast, I've had a number of conversations with people who've also been interested in starting a podcast. So hopefully this has given them some insight into what it can do for your business and how to get started. And we'll make sure that we pop all of your links and info in the show notes.
1: Thank you, Laura. I am so happy to encourage people to get involved in podcasting, because I think it's so worthwhile. And happy podcasting, everyone.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you really enjoyed that chat with Ellen. And if you've been thinking about either starting your own podcast, or perhaps guesting on other people's podcasts, gave you some really useful insight into how to go about that We've popped all of Ellen's links in the show notes for this episode that includes links to the masterclasses that she mentioned, and also a link to a free 20-minute video all about how you can get started with podcasting in 2021. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on next week's episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the With Flow podcast. If you got value from this episode, I would be overjoyed if you shared it with your friends or left a five-star rating and review in iTunes. See you next episode.